0: We're back with Backstory. I'm Brian Bellow. I'm Ed Ayers. And I'm Peter Ronoff. Today on the show, stories about reconciliation and its limits in the wake of war. Peter, Ed, we're talking about reconciliation.
1: And, of course, the big enchilada Mm -hmm. of reconciliation is reconstruction after the Civil War. Mm, But, frankly, being a 20th century guy, I think about what happened after World War II— America's mortal enemies uh, seem reconciled with the American economy and American way of life, buying Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola, and really, uh, most importantly, (laughs) American military protection. I mean, Germany becomes a key part of our alliance in Europe, and we depend on Japan as an ally in East Asia. And what really strikes me about all of that, in contrast to the Civil War, is it happens seemingly overnight. I mean, it's quick. And then in Germany in 1989, the wall comes down. Oh, my God. What are we going to do with these two different systems, East Germany, West Germany? Well, within a few years, really they are relatively united as one country. That just seems so different yeah, and than Brian, the Civil War.
0: my only problem with this is that's not reconciliation. That's capitulation. <laughs> that is, the reconciliation Something is Something you would never do, <laughs> no, Peter. it's on American terms. <laughs> You're not reconciling with the people who made war against you. You've purged Germany of the Nazis. And, of course, the Nazis' pervasive power throughout— German life means that this is a wrenching, profound change. That's not what you have in America after the American Civil War. So, Peter, you're saying
1: that the problem in America is we were dealing with the same darn people as before.
0: And we said it's okay to be the same darn people because we had this myth of national wholeness. We are one people. Well, in these wars you're talking about, our good war, World War II— And the war against communist oppression, well, We don't think that we're reconciling with those systems. We've destroyed them. And you're exactly right. In the South, we have
2: reconciliation because it is literally the same people who are on the battlefields fighting against the Northern soldiers who are running everything in the South after the war. Now, here's the interesting twist, of course. The North thinks that it is reconstructing Mm. the South in what is called, of course, (laughs) reconstruction, right? And what we actually call reconstruction is to do something not unlike what happened after World War, Two, mm-hmm. and even after 1989, Brian, rewrite the constitutions right. so that it's not the same people, right, Peter? Yeah. That you have the people well, who were enslaved, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, enslaved men are now enfranchised voters. You see that nowhere else in the modern world. And so our Reconstruction had the capacity to be one of the great reconstructions, the most thoroughgoing in world history, but it fails by the end of Reconstruction. That is rendered moot, They are not able to Mm -hmm. vote. The Constitution says they can, but by basically terrorism on the ground, black men are not able to vote.
1: Ed, doesn't that underscore Peter's point that, in fact, we literally end up with the same people or end up excluding the same people now— by disenfranchisement rather than slavery.
2: Yes, and compared to the remarkably rapid transformation you're talking about, Brian, this takes decades to unfold. It's not until around 1900 that the South actually comes up with ways in its constitutions to say, hey, yeah, we know we can't uh, preclude black men from voting, but hey, you have to have literacy, you have to pay a poll tax. And so, Brian, it's painfully long in the South and it's never really reconstructed. The South has slavery knocked out from underneath it. Black people are giving nothing to rebuild new lives, the Southern economy is giving no support, and the South suffers in poverty for generations. So, Ed, what is reconciled, at least on the surface, between North and South? Ah, they would have said, hey, what are you talking about? Brian, Peter, we're reconciled. Sure. But look at all these monuments. We get together for reunions. We shake hands. You know, the soldiers on both sides are perfectly reconciled. Hey, good fight, guys. Yeah, yeah. You fought really well. We fought really well. And we, you fought for what you thought was right. It turned out to be wrong. But hey, you know, what are you are going to do? And,
0: and we can all embrace this one great nation myth. We are a people, and that comes into clear focus when we go out across the world to make war. Uh, when ah. there are enemies out there who are un-Americans, so there is a bond of national solidarity that's based on sustaining the fiction that we became a great people in 1776, and we've been charging forward ever since. The Civil War was unfortunate. Uh, I'm all with you, Ed. I think you needed a genuine transformation of Southern society if you were going to achieve the promises of the Declaration of Independence and of those uh, of the Emancipation proclamation and the 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 new constitutions.
2: And the equivalent of the wall falling, Brian, are the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 65. And now we are just seeing again in slow motion the same kind of social transformation right. that began with World War II and the Marshall Plan and the, then the later the fall of the Berlin Wall. You're just now having the south being rebuilt on an inclusive basis. Something I've said is Martin Luther King did more for the economic development of the south than mm-hmm anybody else ever did, by removing the burden of the equivalent of the Berlin Wall, which was segregation from the South, it now has all these German and Japanese car companies <laughs> are now setting up shop in the South, right?
1: Uh, but I'm going to push back a little, Ed. All right. Because I would argue the rebuilding and true reconstruction of the South starts with World War II, when all of these federal defense plans begin going into the South, mm-hmm. and the North uses that as a lever to begin demanding, slow as it was, the kinds of changes that are going to lead to the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act.
2: So I'm going to push back on you pushing back on me because you are exactly right. The economic history of the South is transformed by World War II and that massive defense spending. But it's Black Southerners themselves who take the opening provided by that. You know, the the North never brings integration to the South. We are that is something that Black Southerners themselves do. Okay. We are agreed on that. And
0: it seems to me yeah. the sequence is important here. There's a kind of reconciliation that, as human beings, respective of the rights of all peoples, we see taking place now in the wake of a belated transformation or reconstruction of Southern society.
2: I think that's great, Peter, and the reconciliation we see today is that the now the South is the main magnet for black in migration. You know that some kind of reconciliation has taken place when Black Americans say, you know, I'm going back South, it is now our home again.